to just point it out that the hub cities are a really good opportunity for fanfic. So welcome to this Amalnican life. I'm Poppy. And I'm Beata. And this is the podcast that nobody asked for, but everybody needs. As always, before beginning the episode, we would like to acknowledge that this podcast is written and recorded on unceded and unsurrendered Algonquin territory. To support the local indigenous community, please consider donating to organizations who are providing essential care. Examples are the Ottawa Native Friendship Center, Wabano, and Minwashan Lodge. All right, Beata, what are you drinking today? So, the thing is, Poppy is currently in Germany, which means that because of time zones, I'm recording this at noon on a Monday, and I also have job training right after this, and I did seriously consider grabbing a beer from the fridge and just doing it, but because I am slightly more responsible than that... I'm actually drinking some tea today. So I am drinking a black tea from David's Tea called Glitter and Gold, and it's very good. And I already had a coffee this morning, so I'm going to be just really caffeinated for this episode. What about you, Poppy? Yeah, um, it's later over here, obviously, <laughs> um, but I am drinking cold coffee. Nice. <laughs> Not iced coffee, just coffee that's gone cold. <laughs> Um, there's nothing special about this coffee. We got it at the grocery store. Uh, but it's called De Kräftige, which means the strong one. So hopefully I'll be really caffeinated too. Wow, so we're both going for coffee over beer? I know. I mean, I wasn't, like, I, mm, I don't really drink when I'm home, so I was already, like, I'm oh, afraid okay. it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a month of, of, I don't know, weird drink choices from me over here. That's all right. People, let us know if you can tell the difference, right? The beer versus the coffee. <laughs> Do you like that better or worse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, this is why our podcast is delayed by a week. I'm sorry. I know our doting fans are I think are it's like... delayed by like a month at this point. But like... <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Look, guys. I found out I have to leave the country to do some paperwork. I'm in Germany now. I don't know if you knew this, but traveling during COVID is, like, kind of a lot, so give me a break. I, I was on vacation for a while, too, and that was part of it. Yeah, we're just, there was a lot happening, but it's okay. Look, we're not leaving for a year this time. We're trying. <laughs> yeah, we're doing great. We're doing great. We are. We're doing great. Are. Um, you know who else is doing great? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Ottawa Senators? <laughs> I'm trying my segues here. Um, yeah, the Ottawa Senators are surprisingly doing great because they are almost definitely switching to the 2D logo soon. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. It's also, I think it, like, I don't know if it's ever happened that we've been like, the Ottawa Senators are doing great. Like, I think this is a premiere? 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 Yeah, <laughs> that's true, actually. I've been in Germany for one week and I already forgot what to, how to pronounce words. So that's really fun. The only thing about the 2D logo is that you know the Ottawa Senators and you know that they're going to be able to make some really garbage uh, merch with it anyway. Like yeah. there's some ugly stuff they're going to do with the logo. Also, for the first time in my life, I'm usually not very nitpicky. Um, and I usually am very like anti-nitpicking sans Twitter, maybe because I don't feel a part of it. But for once, I have an opinion. And that is that the weird little cape slash wings, whatever you want to call them, on the logo had a red sort of outlining before, and they switched it to gold, and I don't like it as much. Like, yeah, <laughs> I like the red. What I noticed was that for so long, 
I and like everyone on Sun's Twitter has been like, just switch the 2D logo. Like it's not perfect, but it's so much better. And I kept looking at those 2D logos going, oh, those are so nice. I'd love to go back to that. And then as soon as people started sharing pictures of the logo they were using, I was like, mm, is it as nice as I thought it was? And I was immediately like, no, stop. I've been wanting this for so long. Like I can't just start nitpicking it immediately. We're going to get tired of this within months, I'm telling you. They're going to roll this out for, like, the first month of the season, whenever that happens. And immediately we're just going to be like, eh, actually, I think I liked the old ones. Or, eh, I think I liked the O better. I mean, I, I'm definitely, I'm not an O stan. I think the O is cute. I think the O is good. But I do, like, my hockey jersey is the old 90s logo. I think it's so cute. Also, best trade of my entire life. I got that, um, I got that jersey in, as a trade for a bottle of wine. Wow. Because the guy who gave it to me became a Jets fan. And also had, like, a tiny stain on the jersey. And I was like, sir, I'm wearing this to hockey games. You know what? That guy, that guy is living his best life. Like, Switched to the Jets over the Senators, got a bottle of wine. Mm. Honestly, respect to him. I wish I had that peace of mind. Yeah. I'm also, I'll say I'm also not a huge fan of the O. I do prefer the 2D logo. Like, that's my favorite of all the logos that have been passed around. I'm just laughing at myself Mm. for immediately starting to dislike the logo as soon as it actually (laughs) becomes a reality. Because I know that's what's going to happen. No, I totally agree. Like, I think... I mean, as I said, I've never in my life been like, ooh, I have to nitpick this. And then just the gold outline, I was like, ugh, mm-hmm. disgusting. Yeah. I do have to say, I know there's a lot of people out there who have, like, really big opinions about, like, what color stripe should be at the bottom or if there should be a stripe. I literally don't care. Like, I don't I don't care. The logo's cute. I think our color scheme is always pretty nice. So I'm not, like, worried about it. You can't really do much like damage with red black and gold or white like I can't think of anything terrible they could really do with it um I'm excited for some of the like more fun much like I really want to have a baseball cap with the like 2d logo on it I think that'd be cute I think that'd be like a cool vibe that I can incorporate into my wardrobe but I know for a fact that they're gonna come up with some like really ugly camo stuff yeah or like I saw a shirt the other day that somebody posted where they were like oh look they're using the 2d logo on this t-shirt and the t-shirt said like Ottawa hockey and then in script senators like kind of across Mm. the two words Ottawa hockey and then there was just randomly this logo and I was like how did you design something so ugly from something so good (laughs) it's right it's really impressive it it is very impressive the sense never failed to um, deliver in that regard, you know? Yeah, I think, um, like, I'm gonna recommend one of my favorite Sens-related stupid blog posts, which is that Welcome to Your Carlson Years did a roundup of ugly <laughs> Sens baseball caps, and it's peak journalism. It's the best journalism I've ever seen, and, like, <laughs> it kind of shows the weird, like, I don't know who they hire for their much, but it's questionable. So, um, you know, it's going to be a step up. It's always a step up, but it's going to be really funny to see what they do with it. Okay, well, the other Sens news that we have to talk about is the amazing news. The draft lottery happens between the last episode and this one. Mm-hmm. And we were all on Zoom. Both of us were there watching the draft lottery with some Sens Twitter people. 
and we are that dr- was officially really drafting third and fifth, which is kind of disappointing because we did have like a very good shot at first and second. But you know, yeah. I mean, it's funny because we knew that we were probably going to pick within the top five, right? Yeah. I think we were guaranteed, like, top six. Yeah, so we got, what, like, the worst of the two options? Like, once we got to the top three, everybody was like, oh, hell yeah, top three, yeah. and then we had third. I was like, man, that's so <laughs> so typical. Uh, I know. Because, <laughs> yeah, we we were initially second and third, right? Because San Jose had a really bad season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we were second and they were third or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was only yeah. the Red Wings that had a worse, a better chance at first overall than we did. And the Red Wings lost pretty big, to be fair. <laughs> like, yeah. the poor Red Wings. But, you know, I felt like the Suns kind of needed that. And I feel like whenever, I don't know, with the draft lottery, your tendency as a Suns fan is to be like, of course we're going to lose this. Of course we're going to get, like, fourth and fifth. But then you're also, or I think mm. it was fifth and sixth that people were saying. But then at the same time, you're also like, but, like, we are due for a win at some point, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, this will be I, it. I don't want to be one of those people who gets good news and is like, this is actually bad news. You know what I mean? I don't want, I don't want to be that person. Third and fifth are amazing picks. Um, it's a really good year from what I know only from cost per point cast and not from my own brain because I don't understand the draft. It's a good year. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, third and fifth isn't bad at all. It's just like when you had first and second in your mind, you know, and you were like mm. thinking, but what if we got that? Like, how amazing would that be? And then it's third and fifth. Were you also obsessed with the draft simulator? Like the three, I mean, I know some people no. started way sooner, but like three days leading up to the draft, I was just like obsessively doing draft simulator. I didn't get really obsessed with it until like the day of, honestly. And then I was like, oh, heck yeah. Like draft lottery. Can't wait. This is so exciting. Big moment in Sun's history. Yeah. It is exciting. Um, but like... I don't know. It's 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 one of those situations where you get like I I get like really sort of wrapped up in it, which for no reason. Again, I don't understand the draft. Um, it's my opinion that the sense. Remember, we were disappointed about Brady Kachuk. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know. <laughs> we don't know drafts. We're bad at it. Ever since the Brady thing happened, I'm like, you know what? My brain is stupid. I don't know how rookies are. Like, I don't know who you should pick. It's fine. We were at a bar when they drafted Brady Kachuk, and people were mad. <laughs> and we were so wrong. Brady Kachuk is incredible. Brady Kachuk stayed in the him. NHL in his first season. That's insane. Like, who gets a draft pick like that? It's a- I mean, I guess it helps that we don't have that many good players, but... <laughs> It does, but like, yeah, like, he's amazing, and, like, I can't imagine this team without him now, like, he's, I love him. Mm-hmm. I would die without Brady Kachuk and his milk spawn being on my team. <laughs> I he's created a TikTok account just so I could follow Brady Kachuk. He's the only person I follow. I follow him, and I follow... I'm gonna pronounce this name wrong, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, I think it's Serge Ibaka, like the um, NBA player, because I'm obsessed with uh, the NBA bubble because it's at Disney World, and he like keeps posting about it. Um, just give me a moment. My dog just broke into my recording room. Okay, cool. <laughs> Second. We should have like wait music every time this kind of thing happens. 
was going to say, I think we can both agree, though, that the real tragedy of the draft lottery was the first overall pick going to a playoff team. (laughs) A mystery playoff team. We don't even know which one. (laughs) I have questions. I mean, again, I don't understand the draft lottery, but what? Like, that was such a... I I hated it. I hated it when they were like, and the first pick goes to question mark. I hate you. I hate you for this. The NHL is a scam. Like, isn't the first pick supposed to go to a shit team? Isn't that the point? Yeah. But now it's going to a team that makes the playoffs but loses in the first round. So what I have been saying is that it's a consolation prize for whoever just gets COVID because whichever team gets it is going to be very Mm. sick. Like, probably, based on how things are going right now. You could definitely argue that it's like a consolation prize just for the fact that you have to do this like very weird sort of isolation thing and then end up losing anyways (laughs) yeah like it's it's gonna be pretty cursed i did see an article the other day it was like toronto maple leaves focusing on winning the stanley cup instead of on draft picks and i was like that's really funny that's really funny because they're not winning the stanley cup (laughs) i mean if i if i am incorrect here if the maple leaves won the stanley cup I will eat crow, but I don't believe that. Like, (laughs) that's not happening. I also think it's kind of an incentive to just lose if you know you're going to get the first pick for it. Yeah, but I feel like players are so competitive that, like, even if the front office is like, lose, 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 the players are just going to be like, fuck that. We want the cup. Okay, so um, let's kind of put a pin in Sens Twitter news or Sens news. I don't know why... My brain automatically puts Twitter behind Sens um, <laughs> because I I live a deeply cursed life. Sens is um, better than the actual Sens. You're better off paying attention to them. I mean, literally, like it's <laughs> you know not to be dramatic, but so uh, the Hockey Diversity Alliance has actually like already started doing some work. Yeah. Um, so they've been holding meetings with Batman and with Kim Davis, who is the executive vice president of Social Impact. I did have to write that title down because I couldn't remember it. And so, according to TSN, like, Frank Saravalli did a little, like, report on it. Their demands so far are that they're hiring a hiring target for black staff, and that means not just hockey staff, like, trainers and, I don't know, players, I guess, but also non-hockey personnel. So, people in the front office, people in um, marketing, social media... They desperately need black people in social media. Yes, 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 they do. (laughs) Just so that next time they need to release statements, their statements aren't so incredibly insensitive. Um, So the the Hockey Diversity Alliance has written a pledge uh, to eradicate racism in hockey, and they've asked that the NHL sign that. And um, the Hockey Diversity Alliance is also doing outreach um, to potentially, like, include women and indigenous people. That's really good, because that's one of the first things that people pointed out when it was announced. Yeah, I think that, obviously right now it's really NHL-focused, but I think the outreach towards Indigenous people especially is really important, and then I would very much love for them to include women, because women do work in hockey, you know, like, even if there's no female players in the NHL, which, you know, questionable decision in my opinion, but whatever, you've got coaches and uh, marketing staff and 
you know, there's so many people who work for the NHL. Yeah, for sure. So I think that was, you know, that has some promise. We'll see how effective it is. But I'm heartened by the fact that they're really pushing to use the momentum that they have right now to immediately initiate these conversations, right? Yeah, definitely. And I hope that if they're focused on reaching out to Indigenous people, there's also a conversation about the Blackhawks name um, and their branding. Because I I think, like, right now, a lot of sports teams across different leagues are talking about um, racist and especially anti-Indigenous team names. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know, if you've been on Twitter, you've probably seen some of the the Washington team and the um, there's an Edmonton team as well with like very inappropriate names that are slurs. So I'm not going to say them, but like, um, yeah, like talking about potentially changing their names. And I think I haven't seen that much directed at the Blackhawks, but I think that there should be a lot of uh, focus on that as well. Yeah. I think the Blackhawks are still in that like thing where they're like, Oh, our a logo is like honoring indigenous mm-hmm. people which is something that like the Edmonton uh football team which has like a literal slur for Inuit yeah. people or like for northern indigenous people in its name ha- has like kind of argued that's not how that works <laughs> like no. that's not i i'm hoping that it uh means that we're going to be seeing more conversations about that and i think that from what i've seen like a lot of indigenous activists have been talking about this as well how the Black Lives Matter movement over the past few months has really pushed indigenous movements and indigenous issues to the forefront as well, which is really great. I mean, obviously, when some, when we're talking about specifically, like, black issues, we're supposed to be focusing on specifically, like, black people and what they face, but uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and black activists across North America have been incredible in uplifting indigenous organizers and activists and voices. Yeah, and you can see that reflected in the discourse about um, names now. Mm-hmm. And I think that shows that like the Hockey Diversity Alliance should and I believe will follow in those footsteps. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's a really great thing to do, in my opinion, to um, use the momentum you have at the moment as activists to like uplift other movements or other groups of people who are marginalized. But yeah, I, I think you're correct about the Black Hawk's name, like... Or the logo, at least. Like, that's... Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So, in other... On the topic of, like, diversity in hockey, we have some very stupid news that I just really wanted to talk about because I think it is the funniest thing. Um, Jeremy Roenick, who some people might know as, like, a very offensive person. He's a former player. He's now been on TV and stuff. He's a I don't even know what his official job is, right? But he worked for NBC for a while. And he's known for saying, like, very inappropriate things, especially about women. Well, he was fired recently for saying very inappropriate things about women. And he is now suing NBC for what he calls anti-straight discrimination. Because he believes that he was fired not because he was creepy and gross, but because he is heterosexual. I mean, so, just to, like, tell you guys what he said, um, so, Jeremy Roenick's, like, an NBC Sports analyst, but he said about an NBC Sports, like, co-worker, about Catherine Tappan, and about his wife, that they were, like, on vacation, and he was, like, describing, like, they're both in bikinis, and he said something along the lines of, like, boobs and ass everywhere, and then he, like, (laughs) 
he like joked about him, his co-worker Catherine Tappan, and his wife having a threesome. Which, like, it's so inappropriate. You're talking about your coworker, Yeah. And he was, like, sort of joking about it. And he was like, well, if it really came to fruition, that would be really, really great. But it's not going to happen. Like, that's literally a quote. That's so weird. Why are you talking? It was, like, on spitting chiclets as well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you on a podcast talking about your coworker's body... And then being like, I'd really love to have a threesome with her. On a podcast about your female co-worker who's definitely already dealing with, like, shit for just being a woman in sports reporting, right? Like, I still remember. Hell? I still remember when Jeremy Roenick was, like, a guest judge on Battle of the Blades a few years ago. And he was commenting on Tessa Bunham's, like, figure skating routine. And he says, I'm so glad I never played with you because I would have gotten a lot of holding penalties and maybe a few high sticks. And I still remember that quote. Uh, as like, a thing he said on national television about Tessa Bunham. The only thing that really blows my mind is that he hasn't gotten in trouble sooner. I know. And that the, the one situation where he got in trouble was for saying something on Spitting Chicklets, which is like you know, can be pretty questionable, like, the way they talk about women in general. Um, impressive. Honestly, very impressive uh, <laughs> that he managed to get away with it for so, so long, and then that he managed to, for some reason, get fired over spitting chiclets. <laughs> like, I know, it's it's incredible. At least he got fired, but, like, I can't... I don't understand how you can look at hockey culture and be like, yes, I was fired because I'm straight. The straight men are so oppressed in this culture. Hockey hates straight men. Like, what he said was literally like, I'm oppressed as a straight person because you didn't like that I was horny. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's your co-worker. You're not supposed to be horny for your co-worker. And you shouldn't be saying this on a podcast. No, like, oh god, it's... Mm, it's so it's so cursed it's so cursed i don't um it's funny but it's cursed and i think it's just like again i mean we've been seeing now also with the washington football team this podcast isn't about football we shouldn't have to talk about it all the time but um like a wave of allegations of like sexual misconduct have come out sorry my mom just walked in the room do you want to say hi to the podcast hi. Hi, hockey fans. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I should, we should acknowledge that we're about to get mm -hmm. to the mascot minute here. And both of us are currently within earshot. Not only am I within earshot of my mom, my mom set up my recording for me today. Like she... If I sound better than usual, it's because I'm recording with an actual mic. At Matt Bostel, are you... <laughs> Better be happy now. <laughs> my mom wrote a children's story and she's been making these cool videos and she got like a whole recording setup for it because she's more professional than I am. Check out Timmy's Brottle in the Swamp of Doom on YouTube, just a plug, because she's providing me with free recording equipment. But yeah, she also listens to the podcast and she knows about the mascot minute, so. Are we ready for the mascot minute now? Absolutely. I'm just uh, getting a little bit more comfortable, you know, getting in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so as always, um, Mascot Minute, if you don't like it, skip it. There will be an ad after the minute. This one doesn't have any explicit content in it, so you don't have to worry about that. But, you know, some people don't like it. They do kiss. <laughs> that was my mom saying, ugh, in the background. Are you ready? 
I'm ready. Packing up and leaving Bailey was easy. Easier than Spartacat had anticipated. Their relationship had brought him comfort when he needed it the most, and he couldn't deny that there was a spark. But what he wanted was a fire. A fire that settled deep in his chest, intense and insatiable, like the one he'd felt with Gritty. Bailey was kind when Sparty said he had to go. He helped him pack, folding every item of clothing with extra care, and insisted on driving him to the airport himself. Spartacat knew that he was disappointed, even though Bailey hid it well. They kissed in the car at the airport, a gentle, tentative kiss. Then Bailey whispered, Be safe, handed him a mask, and smiled sadly. Spartacat knew they would never kiss again. The flight was strange. Carlton had made sure the plane was stocked with Molson Canadian and ketchup chips. Spartacat drank too much to dull his anxiety about the upcoming weeks quarantined with Carlton and a few other mascots, but he was glad he was leaving. He knew that things in L.A. would have gotten serious soon, and he wasn't ready for that. Carlton greeted him at the airport. Have you heard the news? he asked eagerly. What news? Spartacat had been spending the past weeks reading Angela Davis and Franz Fanon. He wasn't really paying attention to NHL gossip. Toronto's going to be a hub city, Carlton beamed. There are already some mascots staying with me, you know, just to hang out and party a bit. But expect a few additions soon. It's going to be a wild ride. Um... (laughs) I'm so excited for this! (laughs) There wasn't, like, sexual content in this, but we are setting up an amazing mascot minute in the next one. We haven't had a lot of, like, spicy stuff. I mean, we've had a little bit of spicy stuff, but we haven't anything spicy for a while so this is like this is the setup like i'm i'm ready if there's anything in particular you want to see in the next few uh mascot minutes let us know oh my god if there's a specific mascot you think spotty should hook up with that is from a team in like the east coast division please tweet us at cool cat mom at cbata e please (laughs) Let us know. Please do. We're taking requests because Sparty, he is single now. And he's ready to fuck all the mascots. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say mingle. (laughs) I I almost did too. I was like, no, that's not exactly what he's doing. (laughs) Yeah, so like any mascot is alright. They just have to be in the division. Just that's all all we need. This has also been a great segue into the hub cities i may have uh alluded to this before but i am obsessed with sports bubbles what i have been saying about this is that this reads that this looks like fan fiction to me like i want to be clear here i am a big fan of fan fiction i have never read fan fiction about real people that's never been my thing but like Honestly, hearing all about these hotel assignments, everyone talking about what might be happening, hoping there's a reality TV show, this sounds like an amazing fanfic. Like, if if you are into real person fic about hockey players, and you find something really good, send it to me, and I will honestly read it. This sounds like a fanfic writer's dream. There's gonna be so much, because hockey fanfic does exist, right? Like, it does. Oh my god! Um... I forgot to put this in the notes, but I was recently looking through my library stuff because, you know, I, I'm reading a lot. I'm home. And I found like a, I don't know why I didn't tweak to this before, but there are romance novels specifically a, with like the premise of them revolving around hockey players. Oh, I know. I didn't know this. 
don't know why I'm an idiot, but I wanted to read you the premise of this one because it's really funny. So the, it's called Superfan. And basically he like this hockey player, I don't know, hooked up with a girl and then it didn't work, whatever. And then <clears throat> here's, here's the description. Then I got that call. The one that tells you to get your buns on a plane and go meet your destiny. But the girl was left behind. I didn't have her number and she didn't know my real name, which is crazy. While I became a professional hockey player, she became a superstar with platinum records and legions of fans and a slick music producer boyfriend who treated her badly. But fate wasn't done with us yet. When Delilah turns up at a hockey game, I can't resist making contact. The internet swoons when I ask her out on a date. She might not remember me, but her jerk face ex does. He'll do anything to keep us apart. Good thing athletes never give up. This time I'm playing to win. I like almost borrowed it from the library. I was like, this is crazy. But then I was like, no, I need to read things that make sense. <laughs> Every day I get like tempted to buy a really bad romance novel. And I do own a few, mostly because people gift them to me because they know I think they're funny. But I really like this premise. I really like that she also yeah. was popular and successful. Uh -huh. I love feminism. I mean, if it's really good, like maybe let me know if it's good and maybe I'll pick it up too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, <laughs> so all of the hockey players um, are going to be in, everybody in the East Coast Division is in Toronto, and everybody in the West Coast is in Edmonton, which, you know, smart of them not to do, like, one city in the US and one in Canada. Like, there's two hotels in Toronto where everybody's going to be set up. I don't know how many there are in Edmonton. There are two um, as well. Okay, so... There's like multiple hockey teams staying in one hotel. Okay, the matchups are so chaotic. Like I have them right here, but the Capitals, the Flyers, and the Penguins are all in the same hotel with the Bruins as well and the Lightning. Mm -hmm. And who else? I'm trying to find like the other rivalries. The two New York teams are together. The Habs and the Leafs are also in that one. Just pure chaos. Um, on the West Coast, you have the Canucks, the Flames, and the Blackhawks all together. Like, there are some rivalries here. Imagine both New York teams, the Habs and the Leafs, in one hotel. I mean, I understand, obviously, on-ice rivalry doesn't mean personal rivalry. I'm sure these people, like, get along. But, like, they're going to be playing against each other and then going back to the same hotel. Yeah, it's gonna be a little bit, like, yikes, yikes, yikes. Especially if there's some fights... This is why I want a reality TV show about this. This sounds like pure chaos. And, like, I heard that apparently each team has its own floor and you have to stay on your floor and you can't visit other players' rooms. I know, fanfic writers, very disappointing. They're gonna have to get around that. Mm. But, like, like they're probably gonna eat together and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they'll still see each other. Yeah, like, the pool and the gym and stuff is all open. Honestly, why don't they do this every year for the playoffs? Like, I mean, it sounds kind of fun. Like, when there's not a global pandemic, just put them all in one hotel and see what happens. And have cameras everywhere, please. I mean, okay, no, that, that sounds really weird. If I said have cameras everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I meant, like, have a documentary team. It sounds like a reality TV show. It sounds like something The Bachelor would come up with. Literally this season, the NHL was marketing it itself being like, no soap operas, just hockey. And now they give us a freaking soap opera. I love it. And like, all you like, hockey bros who think that you're too good for reality TV, tell me you wouldn't watch this. Andy. I feel like it would be impossible not to, because it would be really funny. I know. 
And like, you know what it's like with stuff like reality TV? It doesn't matter if there's actual real conflict. You can always edit it to be kind of fun. God, the NHL could do so much with this. They won't. And, like, it's also, it's a good idea to not have extra people in the hotels and, like, you know. Well, yeah. (laughs) Putting themselves at risk, putting the players at risk. Like, I genuinely, I don't want that. Like, I will gladly, uh, you know, not have a reality TV show if it means that the players will all be safer and everybody will be safer. I'm just saying, in the future... When there isn't a global pandemic, maybe this is something that the NHL could consider. Yeah, I think that's I think it's a really fun idea. It's also a very weird setup because so there I think it's fifty one or fifty two people who are allowed in, and everybody like everyone who works at the hotel, everyone who works at the arenas, the bus drivers, everybody has to get tested for COVID every single day. I think we've already talked about that, but that's like a massive waste of testing when a lot of people still don't have access to tests it's it's crazy like it's truly truly crazy i i saw something the other day as well because like florida's hit really badly right now and you know like the nba a bunch of people are in miami uh or like everyone's in miami sorry because they're all (laughs) they're all quarantining at disney world i'm obsessed obsessed with the nba's bubble being disney world that's my favorite thing in the entire world it's so funny because you're putting a bunch of like grown men into disney world (laughs) nobody loves disney world except for like children (laughs) like oh god it's so funny they're like oh you can go shopping what are they gonna do buy ugly ass mickey hats like it's so good. Anyway, yeah, so, like, everybody's being tested all the time. So, in, I mean, I guess in Canada, you could argue, like, we're not doing too bad with access to testing. In the US, that's a different story. Like, the people, like, NBA players being tested all the time, I understand it, and an outbreak would be devastating, but it's a really, like, horrible sort of um, indicator of, like, how healthcare is inaccessible to normal people, whereas... Mm-hmm. You know, like, athletes who are already quarantined the entire time, or should be at least, can just access all these, like, tests. It's insane. And then the only time that families are allowed to visit is during the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference Finals. So during the Conference Finals and during the Stanley Cup Finals. I have questions about this, because the games are running between August 1st and October 4th, right? Yeah. Usually you don't know two weeks before the conference finals that there is a conference final. So are all of the yeah, partners exactly. just going to show up, quarantine in like a random hotel for two weeks, and then join the players? And then what happens with all the people who, you know, I guess then you just spent two weeks in a hotel. And then you have to go back home and quarantine for two weeks. Like, yeah, I don't understand the family regulations, and I think it's maybe possibly just to discourage the families from coming all together because mm-hmm. it doesn't really make sense. And then I don't know if, for example, someone's girlfriend or wife who's a US citizen, and especially if not a US citizen, if they would even be allowed to enter Canada. Mm-hmm. Canada's only letting people in with valid visas right now. Yeah, it's definitely something that they're going to have to figure out um, when once they get close to the, the third round. Apparently, even the players traveling into the bubble, obviously it's super complicated because, like, getting into Canada and especially, like, getting out of the States is super complicated right now with travel restrictions and they're making, like, mm-hmm. a huge exception for the players. So there was a tweet um, recently that said that apparently... In the seven days before they travel to Canada, 
the NHL players need to have three negative tests all spaced out 48 hours apart. So again, mm-hmm. like, a lot of testing going into this, right, with the players. Yeah. And yeah, they need to, like, every 48 hours they're being tested and they have to test negative all three times. So at least mm-hmm. they're being careful about it. So yeah, like, if they get any positive tests, they won't be able to um, to go. So some players could end up being left behind in the States and not being able to go to Canada. And, like, that's actually really complicated because if a, if a player can't, like, join the team, you need to find a replacement for that player, right? But then yeah. you're also talking about that guy needing to do, like, the seven-day, seven like, three tests and then come to Canada and quarantine for two weeks. Like, there, there's not going to be any kind of last-minute call-up situation with the playoffs at all. No, like, that's impossible. Yeah, like, they're going to have to wait two weeks, at least. I mean, okay, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that anybody who plays in the NHL has a work permit for Canada or has some kind of situation where they're legally allowed to go to Canada and work, right? Because that's what they're doing. If you have a work permit, you're currently allowed to enter Canada, but that's kind of it. Like, it's literally, like, if you have a work permit, a study permit, or, like, I don't know, a visiting, like, a family member who really needs support or something like that. Like, it's, you need, like, very specific cause for entering the country. And it's not one of those situations where, like, I don't know, somebody who's in Minnesota, um, I'm just, I don't know, I'm not just saying anything, can just get on a commercial flight right? If, like, there's a last-minute thing, like, you have to arrange air travel for everyone, because there aren't many flights coming into Canada right now anyway. It's a very strange situation. And then, of course, yeah. you obviously, you don't want your players necessarily traveling on, like, a commercial flight, because that's dangerous. Yeah. So you have these, like, you, you have to be really careful about every aspect of the travel. And then what are you going to do? Are you going to bus or, like, drive them up? to Canada? Are you going to send a private jet every single time? Like, it's difficult. Yeah. It's really weird. And, like, I'm actually really curious to see what teams are going to do, because, like, I don't... Would they just bring a whole bunch of extra players as, like, backup, just in case? Because I'm thinking, even if they manage to completely control the virus and, like, none of the players have it, no, there's no outbreak in the NHL, which, like, seems unlikely but it might happen to be fair then what if a player you know gets hit in the middle of a game and is out for the rest of the season and then suddenly you need to call someone up because of an injury which happens all the time in the playoffs yeah do you like call up a guy from your farm team and then wait like they have wait like you know a week until they can travel to Canada and then wait two weeks for them to like quarantine and I don't even know where they would do that quarantine and then they can play like it's so complicated it's so weird yeah it is like very confusing I'm interested in seeing what they're gonna come up with and what they're gonna do but I don't know and again like every team I think again is only allowed to bring like around 50 people once you think about it because you need physiotherapists and uh, trainers and front house staff and you know like you've got a lot of people that work with the team and then on top of that you have to bring players but what I'm guessing is that they're really working on like their minimum of people who aren't on the ice coming so that they can maximize the players that would be coming into the bubble at least if I was an NHL team that's what I would do because you can't do a last minute call up there's no way like it's literally impossible is it possible that we'll just see teams playing 
short a bunch of players. And, like, I guess if there's a massive outbreak on a team, that team just has to, like, withdraw from the playoffs, right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. Wouldn't that be an amazing finale if, like, in the Stanley Cup final that happened? It would be... I want to see that. Kind of cursed. No, I don't want to see I don't want players to get sick. I don't want to see that. No, no. I no, like, I don't... Obviously... Like, that would be entertaining. None of us want players to get sick. This is very important. <laughs> yeah, just to be very, very clear, I do not want that to happen. We obviously don't want that. It's just a very strange situation in that we don't know how people are gonna, like, react and what they're gonna do. It keeps you on your toes right now, I guess. I don't know if I want it to keep me on my toes. <laughs> No, and, like, the thing is, I really don't want this to happen. I think this is a terrible idea. I'm really concerned for, like, everybody involved. I don't think hockey is worth this. Like, I I really am not excited for this to happen, and I'm kind of dreading the inevitable, like, problems that this is going to cause. Um, Mm. With that said, this is also, like, extremely entertaining and I'm kind of like mad at myself for being so entertained by this. On the one hand, I think that this is all a terrible idea and I think they should have cancelled all sports. On the other hand, I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with the hub city experience. I'm obsessed with these little bubbles. I like sports. I want to watch sports. Um, Right before we recorded this, I saw this video that the NHL put out, like a pump-up video, and it was set to the Panic at the Disco version of The Greatest Show, and I was watching that, and I was like, oh my god, playoff hockey! Like, I was actually really excited. It's exciting! I was mad at myself, but like, I kind of want to watch it. It's just, it's a dilemma. (laughs) To move on. Like, there are people who've players who've opted out which makes sense um especially yeah players with like young families and stuff yeah um there was like a thing about crosby and malkin both like really putting pressures on their teammates to play yeah which is kind of shitty yeah i think that's a very like questionable thing to do i understand again you're very competitive and stuff but i can understand especially for players with like young children or um you know maybe like immune compromised family members but in general like if I had had a baby or something and then my partner was like all right peace out we're not gonna see each other for three months I think I'd be pretty annoyed (laughs) like that's not yeah exactly not ideal there is something that is ideal in my personal opinion that I think is really really funny and really iconic which is that some NHL teams have asked season ticket holders to send videos of them cheering because obviously they can't have people in the arena, right? That's dangerous. But the descriptions of what they want is, like, so wild. This, like, article that I read about it is by Greg Wyshynski for ESPN. Like, this is the regular thing. It's, like, you know, clap and, like, say let's go or, like, we want the cup, which, like, I guess, whatever. There's, like, some really wild ones. Like, he's quoted a bunch of a bunch of emails that season ticket holders got. And here is, like... A quote, one of them was like, for this, for the first three seconds, you should pretend that you're anticipating the goal and then explode into celebration. <laughs> and then like you're supposed every situation to... that could happen, we want you to react to And it. then you're supposed to cheer for 30 seconds. Bruins asked that there's like a tuck chant for Tukarask. They asked for a 30 second video of how you would dance to shipping to Boston. By the Dropkick Murphys, because that's like a song they play at their home games. Um, but they're not to—they're not supposed to sing along or like do anything to it. 
they're just supposed to dance to the song for 30 seconds, which is wild. Um, <laughs> Bruins fans were also asked for like 30 seconds of booing or reacting to a bad call, but no bad words and no hand gestures, which is really funny. But like the fact that they're like, please boo for 30 seconds, iconic. Rangers fans were like asked to chant like the first three na- first names of all their goaltenders. They were supposed to chant Breadman, which I didn't know is an Artemi Panarin thing, but I guess it is. Okay. Iconic Blackhawks fans were asked for a 30 seconds of slow clap. And then <laughs> 30 seconds of how you would act or cheer during the national anthem at a home game. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> People should just send in pictures of them, like, videos of them sitting down. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what? Going on their phone, going to the washroom. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna get a beer. Um, very disrespectful of us. Um, oh, yeah, and then I think one of my favorites is that, like, all of these teams are, like, specifically asking for, you know, there's a lot of, like, uh, the flames asking for them to yell stuff like red or... Or, um, you know, chant, like, the oi in the TN- in TNT. They should say, um, shoot, shoot. Yeah, like, there's a lot of asking. Or, like, three, t- oh, my, avalanche asked for three takes, no less, of you making the woo-woo sound that you make after an avalanche goal. But my favorite <laughs> is that all of these are, like, very obvious, like, chants. And then Winnipeg Jets asked for 10 to 30 seconds of telling us why you're proud to be a Winnipegger and then ended with a passionate statement of, we are Winnipeg. <laughs> okay, so they're what? clearly doing some kind of, like, video, you know? Like, a, an inspiring video. I don't know. I, okay, the Islanders better put out a call for um, their fans to start singing the Peugeot song. Because I know that it's an Ottawa thing, and we kind of own mm-hmm. it, but Islanders, like, Islanders fans you are allowed to use this Peugeot song and please, I want videos of people singing this song. You know he's going to score a hat-trick, right? Like, you know he's going to completely dominate. So you need to be ready for that situation. And the only way to respond to a Peugeot goal is Peugeot, 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 Peugeot. I just think it's so beautiful and funny to imagine all of these people like, all right, <clears throat> Friday night, you know, got to put on my jersey and I'm going to set up my self-timer and then I'm going to stand in front of my, um, like, camera and go, woo, woo. <laughs> I know. And, like, I do hope that something, I don't know, that fans start coming up with some, like, original chance. Like, I just hope that something happens organically and becomes a thing because that's always a thing in the playoffs like fans come up with really cool original chants and mm. i just hope that like at some point people on twitter or something have the idea to do a certain chant and they like all send in videos or something like that i don't know that would mm. be kind of fun i definitely think that that would be cool but i don't think they're gonna do that because it's so specific what they've requested so you're taking like the spontaneity out of everything which is you know kind of a shame i do love that the bruins are the only team that specifically asked for like a hater like (laughs) recording like they want you to boo for 30 seconds i that's very on brand love that like I think that's very funny but yeah it's just it's one of those things where like because it's got to be scripted there's no way of like any kind of spontaneity I'm very interested to see if they're gonna like plan it out before 
Or if, like, I guess whenever, like, somebody's close to scoring a goal, they're just gonna play the same recording that's just, like, an amalgamation of all these videos in the arena. Like, I don't know what they're gonna do. I think it's very funny, and I'm excited to see it. It's weird. I forgot to, like, mention this, but the NHL has said that if um, the teams don't chaperone their players properly, they can potentially, like, lose draft choices. Do you think they'll actually do that? Yeah, that's crazy. I think they might if it gets really bad, but I don't think that the NHL wants to follow through with that. They draft. said that, like, fines would be possible as well. I think that dangling draft, like, losing draft choices is, like, kind of wild. But, you know, God knows. And then... Um, a thing that I'm really into personally is that, because again, they've done this with the NBA as well, and I'm really obsessed with the NBA bubble, is that they're making, like, planned excursions. Um, and we know that Edmonton pitched, like, when they did a pitch to be in, a like, one of the hub cities, part of it was their golf courses. So we know that they're most likely going to go golfing. I mean, it's kind of like a hockey player thing to do, I guess. Do you have any other ideas? Like, what else are they going to do? I don't think there's that much to do in Edmonton. Like, I think if you're Edmonton, the the pitch shouldn't be. There's so much fun stuff to do in this fun city. I think that might that might be a pro. And I think the fact that Edmonton has a relatively small population might also be a pro. Um, you know, in comparison to Toronto. But... I can't, I cannot think of anything. Maybe, like, I was about to say maybe go to a museum. I mean, in Toronto, they'll probably go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. I know that staying in the hotel all the time is not fun, but I I don't know if I love this idea of the players, like, going out and doing stuff. Like, I know, I hope they'll be really, really careful about it, you know? It just doesn't seem like a good idea if you're being this careful about yeah, it. Yeah, the idea is that the NHL is worried about the mental health implications of being shut in a hotel for two months. Which I understand. That makes sense. Stuff like golfing is easy because they can do what they did with the hotels and, like, just shut down the golf course. And, um... Yeah, well, and even the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. They can just shut it down, clean it, and then one team at a time gets to go in, take their time there, and then leave, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's, like, something that's relatively easy... Um, and, like, kind of easy to keep people at a distance. But that's about it. Like, that's about the extent of what yeah. I can come up with. I've never really, like, done anything very exciting in Toronto, so I can't, like, you know, speculate. Um, I've never been to Edmonton. I mean, there's the CN Tower. You could also do that. That is very much a thing. Like, there there are, like, um, things to do in Toronto, Here's the thing, though, that, like, the things that we do in Toronto are not the things that NHL players do in Toronto. Like, if when I went to Toronto and I went to, like, an art gallery, only Dougie Hamilton will do that. Nobody else will do that. Remember how they all had beef with him because he kept <laughs> wanting to go to museums and they were like, no, Dougie, that's boring? There's, there's no one else who's interested in doing those things. And it, I think it's going to start feeling a little bit like a field trip because from what? I read. It sounds a little bit like they yeah, are going to... that's definitely the vibe I got. And I understand them trying to put a little bit of pressure on the players to, like, leave the hotel in this, like, safe way so that they don't feel shut up and then go to the club or, like, sneak into a bar or something, right? So I understand, I understand the concept. I understand what the NHL is trying to do. I don't know how they're going to execute it, just in terms of, like, 
water water like things right i looked at the nba sort of offerings and a lot of it was go on like the disney safari or they were going to like have like special dinners or have dj's play sets obviously golfing was like part of it they were like shopping which again like grown men i don't think necessarily want to go to the disney shop but whatever I guess, I guess they could probably like reserve an entire restaurant or something every now and again. Maybe have like a private show. I'm sure they'd do that, like hire like a musician to play a show at the hotel bar or something. They'd still have to be careful about like, you know, the staff at the restaurant or like any museum that they, any uh, musician that they hire or something mm. like that. But I feel like they could do it. I think it's just, it's like being in school and going on a field trip. Uh, half of you might enjoy where the field trip's going and the other half is probably just, you know, there. <laughs> and I think as an adult, that might feel a little bit yeah, odd. as someone who, who does field trips for children, uh, or did, <laughs> before COVID shut down the mm. museum, um, that's pretty much how it goes. I mean, it's always like that, right? Even at, like, camps and stuff. Like, there's always going to be an activity that some kids enjoy and some kids don't. Uh, it's the same with adults, except that adults are used to being able to do what they want to do, especially very, very rich men in their 20s. So I think it's going to be a little bit difficult. I'm I'm excited to see the entertainment they come up with. Like, I'm really into it, personally. Definitely. <laughs> it's one of my, like, favourite sort of things to speculate about. Um, okay. This is the last thing I want to bring up about the Hub City thing, because I find it really interesting. So... You know how before every game, NHL players will, like, come and they'll be, like, dressed up? They'll wear, like, a suit and stuff? And Don Cherry uh, criticizes them. I mean, I criticize them, too. I love it. <laughs> Obviously, there's no, like, there's no sort of press conference mm -hmm. or whatever. So the NHL has suspended the dress code. Like, all the teams have suspended the dress codes. Personally, I have a suggestion. <laughs> because of who I am as a person, and I, I want to have fun. Um... I think that it would be super easy. I mean, like, the social media people are going to be kind of struggling to get something put together, right? Like, it's really hard. You you can't really have a lot of, like, camera people there. You can't, like, do any activities. You can't film a lot of things. You can't, like, you know, you can't do a lot of stuff with the players. If I were a social media person, I would simply say, hey, guys, how about you still dress up before, like, the games and we like take photos and like do like a kind of lookbook or whatever like you know photos or like a short video and like it could be kind of a fun thing to just engage the fans and be like hey what do you think of this suit or whatever like NHL teams have done that before where they've sort of like critiqued the players outfits mm -hmm. um and I think that they should really like lean into that like any team that would do that if I was on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, and I saw, like, a video or a bunch of photos or whatever that was, like, you know, look at these outfits or, like, who wore it best or, like, whatever. I would love that. I would engage with that. I don't care what team it is because it's entertaining. You're just trying to provide social media content for our friend Jared, who would be very happy with this, I imagine. We should bring him on the podcast to criticize <laughs> the outfits if this happens. It would be so good. I mean... <laughs> Nobody's going to do it because, like, I don't think they're exactly listening to this podcast. But or I think they? it's a really, like, <laughs> or are you? I think it's a really fun idea. I think it would be, like, a cool, 
And it also would be probably nice for the players to have an excuse to dress up. Because I don't know about you, but, like, I'm going on, like, four or five months and just wearing, like, pajamas a lot. It's nice to have an excuse to wear clothes, especially if it's something nice. And, like, if that was the situation, I don't know, keep them entertained online shopping or whatever. Like, it would keep people busy, right? Yeah. And there are some people who, like, in the NHL who are really into, into like, fashion. Like, mm-hmm. um, Austin Matthews, super into, like, Subban, wearing yeah. weird... P.K. Subban, yeah, but P.K. Subban does it good. Austin Matthews sometimes doesn't, but I respect him for it. Um, But, like, there are, like, people in the NHL who, you know, like, do kind of take risks with fashion, and it has caused some, like, uh, feedback from fans and just some, like, engagement from fans. Why not tap into that and also give, like, the players kind of an opportunity to just, like, mess around try something new especially because there's no like specific dress code i know they could wear really weird stuff yeah like they wouldn't have to wear like a traditional suit they wouldn't have to like stick to certain regulations because the league and the teams are not mandating anything you could do whatever you want it would be really fun i just wanted to put that suggestion into the world it's a great suggestion i love it Honestly, they should hire me. They should. They should hire you. Anyways, that brings us to Big Rig Energy. Poppy, who have we awarded Big Rig Energy this week? Big Rig Energy goes to whoever the social media person is who came up with the idea of making fans record themselves cheering. If you're out there, if you're listening to this podcast, or if you know the person who came up with this idea, let them know that they have Big Rig Energy. Every single one of you who's on like a marketing team or whatever and has been like, we should do this and has then had to come up with prompts, they're all heroes. They all have big rig energy. They all sat down on their little computers and were like, okay, boo for 30 seconds. Especially the person who said boo for 30 seconds. You're my king. (laughs) I want to record myself booing for 30 seconds and I'm just going to tweet that out every time something bad happens. Well, I think that's it for the week. I think it is. So thank you for listening to the Samalnikan Life. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at CoolCatMum, mum with a U. And I'm at C-B-E-A-T-A-E, e, that's C-B-E-A-T-A-E. Or you can email us at thesamalnikanlife at gmail.com. The music this week was Think of Me by Jessica Pearson and The East Wind. Um, their new Maiden session came out this week, or just came out today, on Monday. They're releasing a new single off their upcoming album on August 21st, and you can find them at jessicapearsoneastwind.com or on like any social media, Jessica Pearson Eastwind. Our logo is by Lena Novi and Angus Fitzgerald Clark. For bonus content, please find us at patreon.com slash Life. You can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, and of course, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Bye. When you're walking through a crowded store